So hello everyone. Uh, I'm here with my friend Fabian. He is a good friend of mine from childhood and beyond. <laughs> More years that I would like to accept, right? But uh, he has taken the time, even though he lives abroad in Europe, to talk about uh, the Super Bowl this coming uh, weekend. So, uh, Fabian, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit for our public? Yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, you can call me Fabo. Like, that's how my friends uh, call me. And you are now my friends. I am. And yeah, just like Arturo mentioned, I'm living in abroad. And it's, it's perplexing that even here, like the, the topic of today, it's quite well known. Uh, just to give a bit of a history background of how I know Arturo, it all started back in oof, probably the 1990s. So yeah, we're that old. Yeah, yeah. One of our best memories was a small fight that we had in a summer camp <laughs> <laughs> where he, he did not respect the rules, by the way, but it's an inner joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, your, your, your contract stated that we couldn't hit on face. <laughs> things went wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's a story for another day. Uh, all right. So like I said, thank you for taking the time. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl now. So what do you think about uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers making its way to the Super Bowl? Uh, do you agree with all the hype that Tom Brady is getting as, I mean, the GOAT GOAT? He's already probably the GOAT, but the undeniable GOAT in his 10th Super Bowl. What do you think, man? I think that this Super Bowl has, like, the hype that surrounds it in terms of storylines. Mm. I, I don't remember anything like this before because he has so many storylines and so many things that are a first um from both sides and that can also mark the legacy so yeah cement brady's legacy or start building the foundation for another legacy which is patrick mahomes and chiefs so i have never i don't remember uh, something like this before in, in previous super bowls and this is something special i think that the hype that surrounds this super bowl even with the pandemic that's going on, really, really justified. Okay, I agree totally. I mean, it's one of those games that uh, they're too good to be true, right? So Tom Brady moves to, uh, from the Patriots to Tampa Bay in uh, the year that uh, the Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa Bay, and then he makes it to the Super Bowl, and he, he's the first guy or the first team to make it. Uh, play the, the Super Bowl as a local team. I think that's a great achievement, right? Yeah, somewhere I read that, I don't know if you remember last year, like in, in summer, that like he was deciding where to go and you had different destinations. So there was a talk about Brady going to the 49ers, uh, going to Buccaneers. I think there were a couple of other teams involved in, in these discussions. I read, I don't know if it's true or not, that one of the things that got Brady to go to the Buccaneers was the part that uh, Bruce Arians and the general manager told him, we're building a team. We have this great team going on. And be aware that you could be the first one to play a Super Bowl in your own stadium. Like that has never been achieved. So on top of the other things that, that we're going to talk afterwards, mm -hmm. this will be a first. And that was something that, that, of course, caught the eye of Brady. And like you said, it's quite an achievement because in one year to go from one team, from one system to another one and make the playoffs and beat who all the teams that they beat. 
the way that they did it, being the position that they are, it's uh, remarkable. I think <laughs> I really think that no one, some people expected it, but it's still a surprise based on the age and based on also how the Bucks were playing at the in the first half of the season. That it, it caught a lot of people by surprise, but at the same time, it's not a surprising if you think about it because it, it, Brady is coming in a new system. So he needs to, to develop the chemistry with the players. He needs to understand the language. He needs to understand how the patterns are going through and also put a bit of, of his game into the system and to convince, in this case, the head coach and the offensive coordinator that, uh, you know, like the, the relationship and, and to trust and, okay, I need to make these audibles or not. So it, that all takes time. And, and you can see that in the second half of the, of the season, the box started going there. Uh, do, do you agree they were the best team uh, from their division or their conference even? Uh, because they lost all games against uh, the Saints, uh, but then on the good one, they, they won. Uh, they have a worse record than the Saints. Uh, do you still think that it was a good regular season for Tom Brady with the, with the Bucks? I think, I think it was a great season in the sense that they got to the Super Bowl. Like how many, <laughs> how many no, no, but think about it. How many teams are going 15 and one, uh, 13 and three, 14 and two, and then they lose in the second playoff game? Like the for what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, so for what was that season, you know? Like, okay, they, they played very good throughout the season, but when it counted, now you have to be very lucky, and it's it's kind of like the movie of any given Sunday. Like any given Sunday, something can happen. And in this case, when you mentioned the example of Bucks versus Saints, the Bucks got a break that at that point Breeze was not really uh, health. Yes, health was not doing very well. Um, and also tired. the decisions by the coach. Uh, he was tired. Yes, uh, so. It was not the same uh, situation as in the season, but on the other hand, they got the videotape, the tape of two games that allowed them to, uh, to outperform the sense. Plus the fact that Brady, like I said, was more now, uh, let's say more comfortable in the system and with the team. Yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, it proves that he's a great leader. The fact that Uh, Gronkowski came out from retirement to follow him wherever he went. He was like, basically, where are you playing, man? I'm going there. So he went to the Bucks. He was ready to go to the Titans, but he, he will follow Brady wherever uh, he goes. And then Antonio Brown as well. He uh, followed him to the Patriots and now back to, to the Bucks. So that speaks a lot of him, you know, that he's a good leader and players want to play for him, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, definitely. Uh, The leadership that Brady has commanded, I think it started in, not in the first year with the Patriots because it was more the defensive side there. But as, as the years started counting on, uh, maybe in the third or fourth, you started seeing the, the leader, uh, leader part of Brady there. And that has been like a, a very, very clear skill that Brady has shown throughout his years. And that is really appreciated by his teammates, but also by the by the other um, team players and coaches. 
And I mean, it, the, his leadership part is, is unquestionable. And the, I, I'm not surprised that players want to go and, like you said, unretire just to play one more season with him. Uh, right. So do you think now with this debate that uh, Tom Brady was the better half of the equation of Belichick and Brady? Or do you still think that Belichick was more the wizard there and uh, Brady just got a good team and got lucky and still in a good system with Bruce Arians? Do you think uh, if he wins, he's, I mean, unmistakably uh, the better part of that equation? I think you can argue both ways. And that way I will go with the political answer of saying that they complemented each other. <laughs> like, look, on one side, uh, with uh, Belichick. You're, you're saying like, now, uh, before he wins the Super Bowl, right? If he wins the Super Bowl, then there is no political answer. It's, he's the best. He's, he's the best player. That's for sure. That, that for me is uh, unquestionable in terms of, of achievements. Mm -hmm. But here the question is, um, who had the better or the bigger weight in creating the dynasty with Patriots? And it's hard for me to say as, as, as much as Brady is, is the GOAT, it's hard for me to put all of that weight on one player. Like he needs, you mentioned it, you, you need luck, but you need also the system. You need players around you. Uh, so I put the weight half and half. On one side, Belichick created a very, very good system that protected Brady in the, his first years, that relied on the def defense, uh, the schematics on the offense on the defense side, the drafting of players. So that protected Brady at the beginning. Then Belichick as well developed not only the players, but developed also the, the defensive and the offensive um, coordinators and, and coaches. But the, you, you were very good. All those coaches that try and be a head coach somewhere else, they all fail, you know? All yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Matt Patricia just got fired from, from Detroit, and he was supposed to be their, their Belichick, but nothing happened, right? <laughs> yeah, and um, Josh McDaniels, when he had a stint in, in Broncos, and you have several, several, several coaches that have tried, and not a lot have, have done it. But that is, is kind of like a point in favor of Belichick, that he develops them, and they learn, and of course, the other teams are interested because of their success at, at their uh, coaching positions. But once they go there, without this, this uh, shadow of, of Bill, then you start realizing, ah, actually, they were not there. Like, Bill had a lot of, uh, of weight there. And that kind of helped Brady in, his, in, the, in the win part, in, the, in uh, making all the achievements that he made. On the other hand, of course, Brady has shown, has shown time after time what he is about. And there were seasons that he didn't have the, for example, the wide receiver corps. That he didn't have enough players. And he was the one really elevating the game of, of, of players. So it's, uh, like I said, it's hard to say which had the, the, uh, the bigger weight here. If you look at the 2020 season, it's I, I find it easy then to say, okay, look, that's evidence that it was Brady. But on the other hand, on the other hand look what Belichick did. With, with a very, very bad team, 
in terms of the, the, the players that were left because a lot of, of good players left in free agency plus others opted out from the season. Um, Brady leaves. The, the receiving corps is, is very, very bad. Um, also, in terms of assistance, it's not as before. So despite that, they were able to get a 7-9 team. When you're, when you're having a division with the Bills and the Dolphins, who's on the rise. So I, I think that if, if next year the Patriots don't have a good year, then you can start making the, the concise argument that it was Brady, that he, has, he had a bigger weight. But not this year yet. Not yet. Not yet. So you, you have to wait and see what happens with the Patriots next year. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick with time and with more resources and with less players not wanting to play. I, I agree a little bit. But I, I was watching this documentary about uh, Bill Belichick and Bill Purcells. It's on ESPN 30 for 30. And it shows that all the time Bill Belichick was surrounded by somebody very, very special, you know. In his early years, He was uh, coaching under Bill Purcells, one of the greatest coaches. And then after he became the head coach, he had Tom Brady, right? So uh, this is the first time that he's truly been on his own, right? That he's not the other half of a winning equation. He has to be the whole thing, right? He has to plan everything. He, can, he has to make a good team with not, uh, I mean, not super players from average to below. So I don't know. Uh, I agree with that. That uh, next season we will we will see better if we can judge him like that. But but wasn't it uh, Bill Belichick with the Browns in the last season that the Browns went to the playoffs, like in the '96? Yeah, he just it was only very fast. And then he went back to play for uh, to coach for Bill Purcells. But uh, I mean, this is really the first time that he's been alone, alone. If you can say, if he's alone, right? Because it's a, it's a team sport. But uh, it's not looking very well when the first season you don't have Brady. Brady makes it to the Super Bowl and you, you don't even make it to the playoffs, you know, for the first time in a long time, right? But, but look at this. I'm, I'm just reading. Like, in, it was in 1995. The Cleveland Browns finished with an 11-5 record under the head coach Bill Belichick and won a uh, playoff game for the first time since 1989. <laughs> so last, last week, right? Last two weeks. That was <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> since, I think that it was since that time, actually. Yes, probably, yes. Could so so it, that was Bill Belichick. And then, and then, yeah, I think he went to the Jets under Bill Parcells uh, or, or something like this. I don't really remember. And then he went to the Patriots when he, when he, after signing one day with the Jets, he said, nope, <laughs> nope, uh, part of this. It's, it's a little bit weird all the time. But anyway, uh, what, what do you think about uh, the game itself? Like, what do you think about the performance of Tom Brady and the, the Bucks? Uh, how do you see playing out the defense and the offense and all the weapons? So maybe we should talk more about the team that uh, the Bucs have on the offense, all the, all the tools that Tom Brady has. Uh, I mean, Gronkowski, Evans, uh, AB, you know, Fournette. 
who do you think is the best weapon uh, to use against the Chiefs? Uh, or do you see more the defense playing a bigger role on the game for the Bucs? So for the Bucs, if I'm looking at it, uh, at it from the Bucs side, offensively, um, I think they're going to be without AB. But overall, I think that they are quite healthy going into the, to the Super Bowl, which Kansas City is not. Um, offensively, you have the, the wide receivers, Chris, uh, Evans and, and Godwin, very good ones. Complemented by by some other the slot receiver, which I forgot his name, and, and some complementary players there. For Nets, uh, he has been playing better the last weeks, and of course you have Brady. So I think that they are quite set offensively, and and they are quite powerful. They're they are someone who they're a team that may want to put a bit of a balance to counter the aggressive side of of the Chiefs, uh, but if they need to go a bit into the into the more shootout and, and aerial pass attack. They're able to do so, but I think that they will go more in the direction of let's try to keep it on the ground a bit. Let's try to get a bit of time possession, win that battle, in order to counter and to limit the possessions that Mahomes can have. On the defensive side of the ball, um, they have a very strong uh, front four. The box so. Uh, Vita is, is coming back. You have JPP um, in the center. You have, yeah, you have also the the Divan White, the Lamont Demet. Not how is it called the other linebacker for that. But, but you have you have a very strong core there. Plus the the safeties and the and the cornerbacks are playing quite good, even if they are without uh, Tom Winefield the second, I believe his name is. So they are quite well set. Uh, now, can you really defend the Chiefs? And that's where the... Right, so the Chiefs don't care if you score seven times, they will score eight times. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing with the Chiefs is that you have these two, two great um, actors in Mahomes and in Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is supported by by the assistant uh, head coach and with uh, and also in defense with Steve Spagnuolo, who's doing a good job. So the design, the system that Andy Reid has put on top of the skills that Mahomes brings to the table, it's quite hard for for us to um, to defend against that. Now the key thing is that Kansas City will be without his without three. Of of his of their starting offensive linemen, including Eric Fisher, who who was injured in the last game, and that can be a difference maker. So, however, it, we, we we saw that Mahomes got a concussion, uh, not the last game, the game before that. Uh, yeah. Without good protection, if they get to him, the Bucks defense can be very very aggressive, right? They can go for him and they can try to hurt him early. And if he doesn't have enough protection, then that could be a key for the defense for the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if they're able to get to him, because Mahomes is, is a, special, it's a special player. It's one in, in a lifetime. And that's part of the storyline of this Super Bowl. Like you're seeing on one side the GOAT, like the old school quarterback that hangs in the pocket, that it's not a threat running so you don't have to to 
game plan against the other quarterback running. In this case, Brady doesn't run in, at all. <laughs> against the new type of quarterback, that it's this dual threat. And, it's quite, and he's quite good at both. Yes. So it's, it's really good. And this part of the injuries to the offensive line makes it even more, I, I think it makes it more um, fair, a fair game. <laughs> and it will be quite interesting to see how, how it develops. Uh, now, also not to forget the Chiefs have a very good defense that complements that explosive offense that they have. All right, I agree. So let, let, let's talk now about the Chiefs, right? Uh, you've mentioned Mahomes already. Uh, he's obviously like a video game player, right? <laughs> he can do everything. He can run. He can extend the plays. He can roll out. He can faint. He can throw. I mean, how do you stop a player like this, a video game player that can do anything? And especially uh, with all those running backs, with uh, Hill and um, uh, Edwards Hilaire, and all those guys, I mean, Williams, whoever they put in, whichever running back, he works, you know, he's good. He will make the run, he will run the trajectories. Uh, how do you stop a guy with so many options like uh, Patrick Mahomes? How do you even try? So if, if I'm the Bucs uh, defense coordinator, like I said, you, you need to complement your offense and, and your offense needs to complement your defense. And in this case, you want the offense to be stable and to win the time of possession. And on the other hand, you want to limit the big, the big plays uh, from Kansas City. So you, want, you would like to keep in cover to the, the safeties back so that you know that all these uh, sprinters, they don't uh, win past you. You want to keep the play in front of you. And also you want to make sure that the releases from the wide receivers and also from the tight end is not so clean. So you want to disrupt a bit of the timing, taking into account that their offensive line is not healthy and that you have very powerful and a very good uh, defensive front. So if you're able to put everything in front of you, limit the big plays to disrupt the timing and to make the, it difficult for the receivers to kind of like make their, their uh, the route. patterns, the routes, right. maybe then you have a chance of making it difficult for, for Pat. Now, that's a theory. In practice, can they do that? <laughs> that's a big question, right? So, uh, do you think the best strategy for the Bucks is to blitz and to attack, to put pressure on Mahomes, to limit his options on the, on the long field? I think... I think you want to mix it up a bit. You want to blitz, but always in the same number of uh, players. So, of course, you, want, you have the, the front four, okay, rush with them, but from time to time, mix it up. So if you're going to rush a, a corner or a linebacker, bring the defensive end from the other side back so that you're always having the same people behind to kind of be disrupting, like I said, the roots of the of – the, the wide receivers, but also in the lookout of, of Pat, even, even if he would have run out random, but still to keep the, the, the potential threat at bay. <laughs> that's, that's something that has worked before. Uh, but let's see. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard task, no matter who you are, to try to defend 
uh, against these Chiefs, right? Um, yeah, but but the Bucks have a very very good defensive coordinator, a genius as well. They're in Todd Bowles with two weeks and looking at the tape of of the game in the season, could have a good uh, plan there, a game plan. Okay. Uh, what do you think about the, the Kansas City Chiefs receivers? I mean, you have Travis Kelsey, which in my opinion is the best tight end in the league. Um, you have all the other options, right? The running backs who can also receive. Uh, who do you think is the best uh, target for Patrick Mahomes? The one that uh, the defense should be most worried about? Without a question, you need to, to, to counter Travis Kelsey. Like he's, this, he's not only a security blanket for Mahomes, but he's, like you said, he's, he's today, yeah, probably the best side end that is there playing out. And you want to limit him. You, like he destroyed the Bills. So you, you want to have someone there knocking him from his route, uh, making it uh, difficult for him. And that could disrupt Mahomes. Why? Because in a lot of third downs, second and long, He's going to look for, for Travis. If he's not there, yeah, you have the other weapons, but it's, it's, it's harder for him. So don't make it easy for Mahomes. <laughs> At least take one away. And I think that that would be Travis. Uh, I've been noticing that he doesn't target him so much, except when it's like third and something, or in the red zone. I mean, only on the key plays, he's saving him to, to be the guy, you know, with safe hands and make the big play. So Exactly. Uh, that's a very good strategy, I think. But, but again, like, uh, can you, can, do you have the personnel to do that? The, that's also the key. Like, who has the defense, the defensive personnel to perform such a task? Because you need the number, the resources, but also the skills. Like, you can have the, the game plan, but if you don't have the players, doesn't matter. And I think that Box is one of the few defenses that could have that. Well, makes it more interesting. So, okay, uh, now let's get more into speculation and opinions. <laughs> how do you think the game is going to play out? How do you think, uh, I mean, how do you see the game evolving? It's, uh, it's hard. Uh, okay, I, I, I can give you my, my take first. Okay. I think that uh, if the Chiefs get too confident at the beginning and start making a lot of uh, big plays, then it's over, right? Uh, I think Brady has to uh, keep Mahomes uh, on the sidelines as much as he can and then, you know, make every, every drive count with points, at least three points, because they're going to need them at the end. But if they don't have like that discipline, that uh, coldness, that structure, at the end it's going to be too hard. So uh, if I can give my, my, my pick, I'd, I'd say the Kansas City Chiefs is going to win by seven points at least, you know. Mm. So what you said is, is true, but I will digress with one with one point you cannot settle for three you really need to take this in a, in a seven well a, a touchdown uh, or, or nothing 
like that that is that is the teachings from the bills and from the browns games if you leave points on the on the field you're gonna lose against chiefs the chiefs have the best red zone offense like they score like 90 percent of the times so yeah. you're not gonna be putting them on and kicking field goals your best bet is to stop them yes but your best bet is not to let them go to the end zone to the red zone and them settle for for field goals because they don't do that they're too damn creative and they will score on you yes of course so what are you confident enough to give uh uh to give results or to see how it plays out so first i would like to say uh there's a part of me that wants brady to win not the bucks but brady mm -hmm. because of the things that can generate. So if, if Brady wins, he will be, just think about it, he will be the first quarterback to win in three different decades. <laughs> yes. And Super Bowl. A Super Bowl in three different decades. <laughs> like, I, I, I the Patriots. I've, I'm an anti-Patriot guy because of belly, belly cheat. <laughs> but now... Yeah, but in this case, it would not be Patriots anymore. <laughs> I mean, I was waiting to see him on the playoffs. When he started against the Redskins, I was excited to see him play. But yeah, um, I agree. A part of me wants him to win. I want him to have more Super Bowls than any other franchise, right? He will yeah. be number one. And more than any NFL teams, you know, 10 Super Bowls. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's played 19 seasons and been on 10 Super Bowls. So uh, they, they say that uh, the NBA finals are, you know, the LeBron invitational. Now it's good. the Super Bowl, it's a Tom Brady invitational. He's always going to be there, right? Yeah, I mean, I have some interesting facts here. So he's, he's made 18% of appearances in, when taking into account all the Super Bowls. But since Brady has been in the league, it's 48%. 48. Like you said. From 19 seasons, 10, he's been, he's there. He, here's, the, here's the list. Number of Super Bowl appearances. Patriots, 11. Brady, 10. Steelers, <laughs> 8. Cowboys, 8. <laughs> uh, if you want to take it further, like, the, take into account that this will be the 10th time in 19 years, so it will be like 52%, uh, 52.6%. Mm -hmm. It's higher than the field goal percentage that Michael Jordan had in his prime, <laughs> which was 52%. <laughs> okay. That's think, a... think about that craziness. Yes, yes. So do, do you think now we can start talking about Tom Brady as the greatest athlete? You know, we've said Michael Jordan was number one. We've said, uh, you know, in football, we have all this debate, this crazy debate. Uh, soccer, I mean. Uh, do, do you think that if Brady wins, he can now be, you know, match with Michael Jordan as the greatest to ever play sports, considering that the NFL is a tougher league? I mean, it's way harder to get to the Super Bowl and to win it than to make it to the NFL Finals, I mean, to the NBA Finals, I mean, or to win the World Cup or something like that. Do you think we can start putting Brady into that category as, you know, Selected few that can be in Mount 
<laughs> Rushmore of sports. I, I think that he's already in. I think he's already in the Mount Rushmore of sports uh, together with MJ. So MJ, uh, Tom Brady, Leo Messi. No, that's a different thing. Let's <laughs> start. Better not start that. But if he can overtake MJ, or if he can be considered as the as the first one, um, I think, for example, if I, if I put the the arguments pro MJ, is how he changed the sports of NBA. That Brady despite everything that he has done, did not change the NFL in the way that he did not put the NFL on the map. And Michael Jordan did by himself put the NBA on the, on the map to, in to yeah. the world. So that has a big, big weight. And um, we'll add the international titles, right? Michael Jordan went to play for the Dream Team and he won the golden medal several times. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't done that, right? He has not had. No. Is there a way for a football player to achieve international success like no. Michael Jordan? No, no, in that sense, no. But, but on the other hand, on the other hand, Brady, if you, if you take these numbers that I just mentioned before about the appearances in the title for 52% of the times, being the most, like even out, uh, outnumbering franchises, established ones, the most popular ones, When you look at that, I don't think that there's a player in any other sports that can get near to that. Yeah. Like if you put those numbers to NBA, reference to NBA, I don't think that there's a player that has achieved that. Like Michael Jordan had, how many seasons did he play? And he did, he did get to, to the finals a lot and he won a, a, a the majority of them, but is that percentage the same as Brady right now? It can be the same, can, but it's other than that, uh, I don't find someone else. And I, I think that Brady outweighs. The most fascinating thing for me about Brady is that uh, when he was still in the Patriots, uh, he took a pay cut. I mean, he was already super rich, right? He was already a millionaire. He had won the Super Bowl, I think, four or five times. But then he said, I'm going to take a pay cut. I mean, I don't need to be the number one quarterback in the league in salary. But bring me some other good players, right? We have needs. We need linemen. We need receivers. We need defense or whatever, right? So he took that sacrifice for the team. Uh, how, I mean, how real of a sacrifice it was considering he was already a superstar and he was already rich and he was already winning a lot, but he's the only player, only, the only big player that I know that has done that for a team, right? Has sacrificed yeah. personal money to benefit the organization. Yeah, and, and you look at this way, like he was thinking also the long term for him because people, the, the athletes, they're looking at their contracts and they're saying, okay, I have a lot of, I, I'm not going to give up my money. Uh, I'm putting too much effort on this and I don't know what's coming afterwards, blah, blah, blah. That, that I'm not giving up. Jimmy Garoppolo, right? They offer him his spot who he was still in New England. Uh, the rumors are that Belichick went to kick out Tom Brady and he yeah. had uh, uh, Jimmy G there 
as a uh, as a reserve. But then when they started negotiating his contract, Bill Belichick said, "Okay, you know, take a pay cut and we'll make a better team." And Jimmy G said, "Like, come on, this is my first contract, really? You want me to take a pay cut?" <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's why he moved to to San Francisco. To the yeah, at that point, knowing Jimmy G, knowing that there will be other teams willing to pay what he wanted, so okay. why did he wanted to he who want to reduce his his check account, right? And Brady, on the other hand, he's, he's looking at this in terms of like, yeah, I have a lot of money now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still earn. I'm, I'm still going to earn a lot. It makes a lot of money, and, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and if, I, if, I, if I reduce my paycheck, I surround myself with, with a good uh, team and with good players. The possibility that I win it's more is bigger. Therefore, there afterwards I will still be playing and I will still be getting contracts and not only in the NFL, but also uh, around it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that is admirable because like you said, it's not all the players do that. And sometimes they should. <laughs> yes. I agree. In, in the sense, in the sense of if, if they really want the greatness of, of, of winning. Um, and he did that. And I can tell you, I can assure you that if he had not done that, uh, the the number of games, the number of Super Bowl playoff appearances will have dropped. Um, yes, I agree as well. Definitely, that's a big part of the success with the Patriots. Because in the last times that they they went to a Super Bowl, they did not have the best. I mean, the most impressive team. They had balanced talent all across, but they didn't have many many superstars. It was Gronk and Edelman and Brady, and that was it but the rest of the team was more balanced. I mean, good players, disciplined players, and uh, also the merit of Bill Belichick of uh, finding all these problem star players and bringing, bringing them in and making them play according to the system and then winning. I mean, all of that is just unbelievable, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's incredible all, all the things that have happened with the with the Patriots, with uh, Bill Belichick, with Tom Brady. Um, now, one of, one of the things is that in 2007, in the season of 2007, when they were undefeated, like I think that has that still is something that Brady has in his in his ego, in his mind that cannot let go. And like losing against the Giants in that way, I mean, losing yeah, losing against Eli Manning twice as well. But that season in particular of 2007, like so close for greatness for the greatest achievement in the NFL only to be <laughs> ah, defeated like that it must suck it must suck I, so, I, I'm afraid something like that's going to happen on the Super Bowl he's going to be so close of this ultimate victory uh, being uh, the first team winning the Super Bowl at home and everything that he's going to fall short just a little bit you know like on that season I'm afraid that yeah, I mean, if he if he wins, he will like he lost against an Eli against the Manning Eli Manning there. But if he wins, he would be the the only quarterback together with Peyton to to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. Two different teams, yeah. So so that the the Manning the Manning ghost is lurking there, you know, against Brady which like you said, probably will be too much. <laughs> he cannot f 
despite a Manning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you look back, the only the only thing uh, that prevented Tom Brady from winning all all the other Super Bowls were the Manning brothers, right? There was always Peyton Manning or Eli Manning stopping him on the conference championships and on the Super Bowl. You had Eli Manning twice. So he has three losses in Super Bowls. Super Bowl. And of course, several in, in, the, in the playoffs, which that was Peyton Manning. Uh, and that, that is the biggest uh, portion of the feats that Brady has in playoffs against Peyton Manning. But in Super Bowls, it's Eli Manning twice. And against the Eagles. Remember? The yes, with Folds. It's like, come on. <laughs> like, who would think that that they are the quarterbacks that Brady lost against. Yes. But again, the next year against uh, the Falcons, they were losing, 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 and then he came back with the greatest cup yeah, uh, in history. And, and also against the Seahawks, that they were going to lose if, if Pete Carroll doesn't decide to, be, uh, to play it smart. Yes. And just hand it to Marshawn and they win. The worst call in Super Bowl history, right? The worst. Exactly, 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 exactly. So, but I, I, can, I, can, I can assure you that Pats fans, Brady, would like to trade these two, Falcons and Seahawks, versus the two against the Giants. Yes, especially the first one, right? The yeah. first one was incredible. <laughs> and, and, and me as a Cowboys fan, I would like to trade the one of the Eagles against whatever. <laughs> and also the ones of the Giants, by the way. But, but yeah. it's very interesting. Coming back to the storyline, like I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, is like it's, it's the first Super Bowl to have, for the first time, uh, the battle between quarterbacks that each of them have won the Super Bowl MVP and the NFL season MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, it's, it's, it's the GOAT versus the GOAT to be. It's the second su- Super Bowl for, for Mahomes. He, if he wins, he's the youngest quarterback to win multiple before, <laughs> before 25 years. And he would have had a third Super Bowl if it was not because of Brady. Because of Tom Brady, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then it could be for Mahomes and the Chiefs, the first back-to-back Super Bowl winners since Brady and the Pats. He's everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think, okay, he's done. He's done. He's not going to come back. He comes back every time. It's really hard to bet against Tom Brady because he's always there. I mean, yeah, and the, the interesting fact is that it's not like Drew Brees that you saw that he's, he's losing the strength in his arm, like he still has good, the, the, the accuracy is still there, the power is still there. Of course, not as before, but it's still there. It can carry for a couple of more years. Yes. And, and the team, now, going forward, the box, do they have the situation in terms of salary cap, in terms of, of, of the people there, the resources to enable another Super Bowl run, considering also how the other teams in the, in the conference will be? Ah, that's, that's hard to see. If they lose to come back next season and try to do it all again, you know, it's going to be like a big emotional hit. But yeah, but if I can come back now to the 
part of prediction. Okay. I do think that the Chiefs will win. The Chiefs will win. Despite all that we have said and me, a part of me wanting Brady to win, um, I think that the Chiefs will win. Like last, last year, we saw an even better defensive side of the ball with San Francisco. And they had the Chiefs against the ropes. And somehow they were able to make one big play that allowed everything to start rolling again. Yes, they have that. So, <laughs> I think that it will be too much for the, for the Bucs. I agree. I agree. So, in general, how, how do you see the league? I mean, we've heard a lot of rumors that uh, quarterbacks are changing. You know, uh, we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick and he's going to uh, probably Miami or New York, uh, the Jets. Uh, Deshaun Watson wants to leave uh, Houston. Uh, they fired many coaches. What do you see, like... Uh, for the next season, uh, big changes or big moves of players and coaches? So one of the biggest, the franchises that, that will have the biggest changes, of course, will be the Jacks. So they have Urban Meyer, the new head coach there. They will bring the, the quarterback, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, which I'm not really sold by, by the way. But they will bring him and I, they I, have a lot of cap, salary cap. I doesn't want to go to those teams. <laughs> I think that's. No, of course. I mean, imagine you're the first, uh, first pick, overall pick on the draft. Did he win the Heisman? I think he did, right? He won the Heisman. No, no, it was the Vonta Smith, I think, the wide receiver. Well, he's he's the first pick, right? And you have to go to the worst team, to the worst team, right? But but that's the that's the cool thing about the NFL. Like for, for part of. But not for him. <laughs> I know, for, for him. <laughs> but, I mean, he's, he's uh, saving a lot of uh, tax being in Jacksonville <laughs> instead of being in, the, in, in New York, for example, with the Jets. Yes. So, it's not that bad. I, I, I would hate even more being in the Jets, seeing that it has been uh, uh, also another franchise that for many, many years has been in disarray. So, I think... The draft will, will bring maybe four or five quarterbacks. And out of those, I think that it's a strong draft in, in terms of maybe three could be good ones. I don't know if elite, but at least good ones. Um, we see now that with the changes, um, uh, it, will be, it will be very interesting offseason because you have the salary cap restriction, a lot of teams. Um, you have a lot of good quarterbacks on the move or free agents and how, how is that going to develop? Like how is that going to affect afterwards the draft? Mm. You saw Matthew Stafford going to, going to the Rams. That makes Rams a very, very good team. And Detroit, uh, how is it going to look? I don't think they, they like Goff, even if the new GM of Detroit was the, um, was, um, before in Rams, and he knows uh, Jared. But I don't think they're too sold. So probably they're going to select a quarterback as well and use Goff like a transi transition player. Then you have Deshaun Watson. I mean, I want him to Denver. I want him to please go to Denver, please. We need him. We need a guy like that. <laughs> like the, the, the situation of Deshaun is, 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 I think that you have not seen that before. Uh, uh, 
elite quarterback in his prime leaving, you don't see that quite often. So I think half of the teams have called Houston to, to see what's up. And based on Rams giving two first round picks for Matthew Stafford, I could see that the Texans would probably receive three first rounders plus a second and a third or first three first rounders plus two star players. Yeah. And he wants Miami, he wants Jets, Broncos, not so much. <laughs> we need him. We need him. <laughs> I know, I know. What's going on with the Texans? I don't understand it, right? They left, uh, they, they let uh, DeAndre Hopkins go to, to the Cardinals. I mean, come on, he's the best, one of the best receivers, right? And now that's, that's bad management, yes. Watson, you're not going to get those players. What's next, uh, J.J. Watt or, or what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just bad management and having ego there also. It started with Bill, Bill O'Brien, another, by the way, another Bill Belichick disciple. Failure. Disciple. <laughs> But, uh, disciple, you know. It, it started all with, with Bill O'Brien getting also the GM duties. And he had already a bit of a conflict with DeAndre Hopkins. So once he had that power, he's like, okay, bye-bye. Like no one understood that. And the things that he got in return was- Nothing. was crazy, was nothing. Plus, I don't know if you remember, he, he also gave a, a first rounder for a, um, a defensive tackle of Miami. That was good. But when you take into account the other things that he did, it's like you don't have any more first rounders. And the talent that you have in your team is not good enough. And Deshaun Watson was the one really making the things go for, for, for Texans because he didn't really have a, enough quality players there. So right now it was... a. a it, It was a conflict with the with the owner because supposedly the owner told Watson that he would be involved in the selection of the GM and in the in the head coach, but he was not involved. And this this just made Watson say, "Okay, now that's it. I I'm out." And for Houston, it's like just imagine. <laughs> I mean, those, those Texas teams are just bad management, right? <laughs> Yes, 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 it, uh, Those it really hits the heart. <laughs> I, uh, I have white hair because of the Joneses, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just, I mean, there's no apology there. <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of changes. Uh, how do you think the league is going to come back next year? Do you think uh, the whole management with the pandemic and people not being in the stadiums at first and then slowly coming back, Uh, I mean, how do you see the league uh, next season? What changes do you, do you foresee or do you want to see? I don't know. What's your perspective? I think that they will keep the stadiums at a low capacity. I think it will be unreasonable to think that it will go back to full stadiums, even next season. If they want to target something, it might be the Super Bowl, but very controlled. Because by then, hopefully, vaccination plus the efforts and the social distance and mass and all of that could enable that that this pandemic is in a in a low curve. 
but before it's I, I don't think that it will it will happen so I, I think I will expect that we see more of this of of really low field stadiums which is okay because that guarantees that the that the that the season is is going but that has obviously an effect on the income of the teams and the salary cap which has an effect on on the contracts which has an effect also on I mean it, it, even on the game itself because uh, there was no precision this season, right? Mm -hmm. And you yeah. could notice that the players were not at their best. The first, one, first, second or third uh, weeks, they were struggling a little bit, some teams with injuries and, uh, you know, not, not the best coordination, not knowing the system very well. So I hope this season they can make a better effort to huh, make the preseason good and then Uh, have the quality of the NFL that we're used to since day one. Yeah, definitely. Like no precision really, I think that had a correlation with the, the number of injuries that we saw. Like this was really a lot of injuries going on. And obviously that was something to expect that, especially for the teams that had new head coaches or, or defensive coach, or sorry, uh, position coaches, uh, they would struggle a bit because of the lack of preseason. Now, is this year going to have a preseason? Probably gonna, there's going to be off-season, not as usual, not as the years before. It's interesting because the, what happened last year will, will be used by the Players Association in their, in their argument of why less preseason games make sense or, or why they want it out. They will say, look, we gave you a, a good product, without any preseason games, why do you want us to have preseason games? You are up for safety, so what's going to happen? And, and I felt, so that will be an interesting take. Yes. And, I, and I, also, I used to hate the preseason, right? Because, I mean, the good players are not playing. They get up only a few snaps and this and that, right? The games are boring and whatever. I used to hate it. I mean, I didn't watch anything, just highlights or whatever. But now this season, I've noticed uh, it, it's worth something. I mean, it's not the best show. It's not the best games, the most entertaining. But down the line, it makes the whole season as a product, like you, you mentioned, way better. So now I see the value, you know. When you see something gone, then you appreciate it better. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right, so do you have any final thoughts, any final ideas you want to share? With us, I just, I, I really admire the NFL, like the product itself, the game and all of that. I'm a huge, huge fan of it. And I think that this Super Bowl is a reflection of that, that the Super Bowl is a reflection of what the NFL structure works for. Because all the storylines that we have mentioned, the parity, the, 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 the part of, it's very hard to achieve what Tom Brady has achieved And Mahomes on their side could be on that path of overstepping what the NFL wants in terms of parity. And at the same time, the NFL puts that into structure of being able to put the teams in a way and the, uh, and, and the resource allocation in a way to secure this type of, of matches. So it, it's just a, a testament of what the NFL is about. So I'm pretty sure that you know, we will have a great, great, great Super Bowl. Yes, I, I, I think it's the best league in the world, best organization, 
best players, best systems, best everything. So uh, the only thing I would mention about the NFL is that if they went international, like other competitions, like other you know franchises, uh, that they would be without a doubt the best sports league in history, right? But now, now I think they're the best, better than the Champions League, better than the World Cup, better yeah, yeah. It's, the NBA. Yeah, exactly. They, they, the way that they manage it, first of all, it's the limited number of games that you have instead, as opposed to football, that you have every third day a game. Here you have a very limited amount of games. So it makes you want to really see it. If you miss one, oof. And the quality, the quality of the game is also quite good. Yes. The rules, the rules make sense, and they're always evolving for the for the for the better of the show. So the the, the organization, the the owners, and the NFL committee get together every year to discuss what to change, what to improve, what doesn't make sense. And it's always an evolving. We we don't see that in football at all. No. We're all stuck in the in the twilight zone there, and. In terms of international part, like they've already established that path with London and a bit with Mexico. And there were the, the, the strategy going forward to include other countries, Germany, perhaps China, having a, a team permanently located in London, for example. But there were some uh, logistic things to take care about, which they wanted to, to discuss it. But obviously, one year at a time to see how it, if it makes sense, what to do, what not, and not just rush at it, like sometimes the, the football, <laughs> football clubs do. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, if you look at uh, VAR, V-A-R, I mean, we've had replays on the NFL since forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, people uh, having multiple views, multiple angles, taking decisions, you know, informing the coaches, all that, and football is just, uh, soccer is just slow, slow, slow to make changes, and then they make a change, and it's not good, uh, it's not well executed, and then there's pushback from fans, and this and that, right? But like the bar, bar is still a joke, if you think about it. Like, yes. you see a lot of times that it's, it's like, what are, like, you see it clearly, and the referee's pointing the contrary. You're like, what? <laughs> it's crazy for me, like, uh, we all see the replay at home, even at the stadium. If you're at the stadium, you can look on your phone or it's on the big screen, whatever. But the referee who makes all the decisions, no, he, he cannot see the TV, right? He cannot see the replay or the many angles, which we all see. But the guy over there, no, 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 no. He has to look in split second and make a decision, a crucial decision, without uh, all the help that we get. So I think it's really unfair for the, for the refs in soccer. And uh, it's great that they're taking a hint from the NFL to use replays and to use technology and to use more stats. You know, uh, there are special positions in the NFL, in American football. Uh, you have specialists like the kicker, the quarterback, the receiver, whatever, right? And we are lacking that in, in soccer, I think. Special positions, special roles. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's slowly evolving into the right place, but it's years behind the NFL. Uh, in yeah, definitely. Yeah. La, La Volpe, 
Ricardo Lavolpe, this ex, ex head coach, mentioned something like that. Like, if you want to take the soccer to the next level, you would need to have this part of, of developing specialist position and looking at the strategy, just like the NFL does. Mm-hmm. And also another part of, of the NFL is the, the, the organization as a whole, the structure, how they are like a really well, well-oiled machine and that secures money, 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 money. As opposed, as you can see right now with the, with the football teams, the, the leagues, like the pandemic happened everywhere, but the NFL is surviving. Yeah, they're going to have to adapt a bit their salary cap, but it's, each team will still have like around 190 million. Mm-hmm. TV rights. Exactly. And the, and the football teams with Barcelona, for example, they're broke. They have to see what to do. They don't have the, the parity. It's non-existent in the leagues. You have the Barca, Real Madrid, the Man United that spend, 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 spend. The, the inflation of teams, of players' salaries is crazy. Like, yes, you have all the uh, oil rich people from the Middle East and the Chinese and the Russians and all these, you know, oligarchs just getting their hands on football and, and soccer. And the NFL, I think, is very well protected, you know, to uh, make it clear for the teams which sources of money they can they can go to, and there are good sources, right? There are sponsorships, that's TV rights, it's uh, a lot of things, uh, TV ads, whatever. Uh, yeah. They're kept self-contained, you know, on their financials, and all the other sports just get an influx of money, and they make a, an unbalance. The yeah, way yeah. That, the NFL as a product, and the game itself, should be kind of like a benchmark for others, definitely. I agree. It's the best, the best thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we have covered a lot, pretty much. Yeah. A lot of subjects. Uh, so I'm really, really excited. Hope we can talk maybe next week sometime to see how this all played out, how it ended. After Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Tell me which one was your favorite ad or if you enjoyed the halftime show. I don't know if he's going to play The Weeknd, right? The Weeknd's going to... The Weeknd, yes. Yeah. Do you remember good uh, halftime shows with the rock bands and uh, all the MTV-produced shows? Those were really good, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's another thing of the NFL, that they saw saw this part of of entertainment and putting the NFL halftime, like a big, big show that... AAA um, singers and musicians want to be there. Yes. And I, 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 I'm not sure, but I heard, I read that they don't, um, they're not paid to be there. So what? it's just that. <laughs> privilege. Like, yeah, it's a privilege. It's all the advertising, free, free advertisement for them as well to millions and millions and millions of people. So the, the- um, who only watch the, the halftime show. They don't care about exactly. the game. They just want to see the ads and they want to see the singer, the band, the halftime show. It's okay. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, there's something for everyone and I enjoy everything. I enjoy the music and I enjoy the sport and I enjoy the ads and everything. I love the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk next week there to see the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Perfect, perfect. So thank you very much and... Uh, 
Hope we can see each other soon, this way, next week. Yeah, it would be great. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Anytime. Bye. See you. Ciao. Bye-bye.